Well, today's reading is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 to 18, and Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. Now, we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard, in love, because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Good morning everybody, nice to see you. Um, this morning we're continuing our theme on church family values. And um, this morning we're looking at um, learning to celebrate. And from our readings today, I'm gonna concentrate on two challenges that Paul gives us. The first, from Thessalonians is to be joyful always. And the second from Philippians is to rejoice in the Lord. Now, many years ago, when our boys were still small, we went away, Colin and I went away for the weekend with them, and we found a church to go to on the Sunday morning, and they had an all-age service. And I remember it very well, because the first song they sang was, you probably know it, I'm H-A-P-P-Y, I'm H-A-P-P-Y, I know I am, I'm sure I am, I'm H-A-P-P-Y. Now, I don't know if I just had a bad morning, but I did not feel H-A-P-P-Y. No matter how many times I sang that refrain, and if you know the song, you sing it a lot. It didn't actually make me feel any happier. And looking around the congregation, 
They didn't seem very H-A-P-P-Y either. So what do we make then of St. Paul telling us to be joyful always and to rejoice in the Lord? And the way he phrases it in the reading, it's more like a command than a request. And it was St. Paul that wrote those words. A man who had been through so much suffering, so many different events, and in his letter to the Corinthians, he gives an account of some of the things he's been through, and I'm just going to read through them very quickly, um, what he wanted people to know that he'd suffered. He said that five times he'd received 39 lashes, three times he'd been beaten with rods, once they stoned me. Three times I've been shipwrecked, I've faced many dangerous situations, perilous rivers, robbers, foreigners, and even my own people. I've survived deadly peril in the city, in the wilderness, storms at sea, and spies posing as believers. I've toiled to the point of exhaustion and gone through many sleepless nights. I've frequently been deprived of food and water, left hungry and shivering out in the cold. And besides all these painful circumstances, I have the daily pressure of my responsibility for all the churches. But despite all this, he still had joy. He called it being full of sorrow and yet rejoicing. He says, in all our affliction, I am overflowing with joy. Well, okay, Paul, but that seems like a pretty hard thing to do. Now, most of us can fake our smiles when we need to, but to be happy in the midst of chaos and hardship? Now, at this point in my thinking, I took a bit of a diversion because I wondered if there was a difference between happiness and joy. Well, who knew that was so controversial? So I did a word search on the um, NIV. I did one on the words joy and joyful and happy and happiness. And joy and um, rejoice came up 351 times. Um, happy and happiness only 30. So I thought that difference was significant. And then I asked a number of friends what they thought if there was a difference between happiness and joy. And all of them said they thought there was a difference, that joy was more deeply felt than happiness, that happiness was more fleeting and dependent on circumstances. Now, if we go with my friends, then Paul is referring to this deeper emotion, deeper than happy. So what makes us happy? Booking a holiday in the sun? Um, getting a well-deserved promotion, perhaps? Having the family round? Can you recall the happiness as a child when you were given two big scoops of ice cream in a cone on a really hot Sunday afternoon. And then 
someone jogs your elbow, and the ice cream lands splat on the floor. Happiness comes and goes. It's a feeling that depends on our circumstances. And this may include our possessions or even the weather. But joy, on the other hand, remains constant despite our circumstances. And it comes from an inner sense of peace, contentment, and purpose. Now, I believe that everyone who has said yes to Jesus, everyone who has made the decision to follow him and be his disciple, has made the most important decision of their lives, the most significant choice they have ever made. All other choices and decisions fade into insignificance compared to this one. And having made this choice, comes the knowledge that we are unconditionally loved by God. He loves us more than we can imagine. Our sins are forgiven because Jesus died for us on the cross and he paid our debts once and for all. We have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. And no one can steal or destroy what God has for us. And if you have never made that decision to follow Jesus, then do consider making that most important choice today. Speak to someone before you leave, maybe. Find out why they're here. Don't miss out on this joyous adventure it's Jesus who is the source of our joy and that we as Christians are called to experience. Charles Spurgeon, one of my favorite preachers, said, believers are not dependent on circumstances. Their joy comes not from what they have, but from what they are. Not from where they are, but from whose they are, and not from what they enjoy, but from that which was suffered for them by their Lord. A cursory skim through the Bible will show up so many passages about joy. Psalm 16, you make known to me the path of life, you fill me with joy in your presence. Romans 15, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Nehemiah said that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And if you take note of how many I found in my word search, there's 348 more joys for you to find. When hard times come, and they will, we sometimes have to choose to rejoice in the Lord. Perhaps go back to our fundamentals of the faith. Remind ourselves what Jesus has done for us and trust in him for our future. If you are wise, you will take time in the good times 
to mark some favorite verses about joy in your Bible so that you can read when you need to be encouraged. So, in that church service all those years ago, singing, I'm H-A-P-P-Y, I made a choice. I could have chosen joy to focus all of my faith to put all my focus on my faith, the things that Jesus had given me, and to remind myself that one day in God's courts is worth a thousand elsewhere, and to join in that song with my whole heart. Instead, I was self-centered and chose to sideline, even ignore what Jesus had done for me. So what does joy look like for us as a church family? Well, worshipping together is something that we should never take for granted because joining together with others praising God lifts our spirits and helps us to let go of ourselves and focus on God. And joy, after all, is contagious. Let's celebrate together over the good things in life, the birth of a baby, a marriage, the answers to prayer, big answers and small answers, as Geraint was asking us to do this morning. We may all have our faith and joy grow as we share in each other's life stories. And of course, we may not be able to know everybody in our church family. But the more we get involved, the more we will feel part of something bigger than ourselves. Our Heavenly Father loves it when we serve in church with a joyful heart. His service should be a delight. And I've learned so much from the people that I've served alongside. They're examples of kindness, encouragement, patience, and indeed joy have taught me a lot. And by joining small groups for Bible study or prayer or by serving on a team, we form friendships that have passed the passage of time. And I realize that when I'm in dire straits, my go-to friends who I know will love me and support me are friends I made in church in just that kind of a group So prioritize your friendships. Take the initiative to make those kinds of friends and hold on to them. Let's be ready to support one another. Look out for those who are struggling, maybe with grief or loss, anxiety, ill health. So many things can make us falter and lose heart. Speak to them from a place of love. Listen to them and pray with them. Paul said in our reading that joy will express itself in gentleness that will be evident to all. What a witness this may be. But for all this to happen, we need to make being part of a church family a priority in our lives. And Spurgeon famously said, warm hearts are not easily kept alive amongst empty pews. 
a coal must be very lively to burn alone. But many glowing coals laid together help us to keep each other alight. And I believe that is surely true of joy as it is of faith. And as the band come up now, I would like to read to you as a prayer, Psalm 100. Um, and it's kind of like a model for how we may celebrate joy as a church. Shout out praises to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with joy. Enter his presence with joyful singing. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give him thanks, praise his name, for the Lord is good. His love endures and he is faithful through all generations. Amen.